What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Sunday, August 6th, right after UFC Mexico. Yours truly, Joe Farrow with the Fightful MMA podcast. Holy smokes, every Tuesday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, I am joined tonight, as always, after every UFC event. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes you go solo. Well, he's only gone solo once. Sean Ross Sapp, at Sean Ross Sapp. Make sure you give him a follow on social media. Sean, what's going on, my man? We got lots to discuss here with this. Um, uh, I, I noticed a caption you put on the uh, on the YouTube site, the in capital letters, Von Flu chokes. Why? We'll get to that. But how are yeah. you here? A lot more to talk about on this show than I had anticipated. I'll say that much. We yeah. got we got a we got a top ten light heavyweight fight announced. We have the tough twenty six uh, cast announced. What would you have done in two thousand fourteen if I looked at you dead square in the eye and said? In three years, Roxanne Modafferi might really be a UFC champion and uh, might be one of the odds-on favorites to win the title. I would have just looked at you and felt sorry for you, perhaps? Right? I'll say, I'll say this. This is more of a compliment of her improvement than it is a condemnation of anything else, but there is still plenty of condemnation that will go on in regards to that cast, but... Yeah, lots I don't, of talk I don't about. even know if they've even sent off an official an official press release for that because I haven't yeah. seen anything at all. I've been going through, uh, you know, all my emails, going through my spam. I'm like, they, they usually send something out. There's nothing there. Um, I almost want to go back on my PVR. I guess you Americans call it DVR, but I want to go rewind back and take a screenshot so we could talk about it here. But um, uh, yeah. well, we've got that up on Fightful.com. Hot yes. damn! Yes, I was just um, going to we'll, say. We'll go ahead and talk about it now because I mean we don't have to put it in order. Here are the names that are going to be on the Ultimate Fighter 26. Emily Whitmire, Montana Stewart, Maya Stevenson, Jillian Robertson, Rachel Ostevich, Lauren Murphy, Nico Montano, Roxanne Modafferi, Christina Marks, Barb Honchak, Kareen Javorgian, Melinda Fabian, Sajara Eubanks, Shayna Dobson, Deanna Bennett, Ariel Beck. Or as we like to say here in America, who? Yeah. Uh, sorry, did you say, because I, I didn't hear you say Joanne Calderwood. Can, can you say no, Joanne? No, de- definitely not Joanne Calderwood. Hey, how about that Alexa Grasso who won tonight? Not her either. 
Um, yeah. No, uh, Raquel Pennington. No, mm, no, not not happening. Um, Joanna. No, I mean, the, really, this episode, this season of the Ultimate Fighter should be called Ultimate Fighter Twenty Six. Joanna's next victim. Yeah, pretty much at this point here. Yeah, I thought Joanna was going to show some way somehow, but it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, this Mexico show. Uh, the one thing I was noticing, if those don't know, Sean Rossap was was manning I'm, the uh, the I'm, fight. I'm for- not done talking about this this season. Yeah, you, you're got- all over, you're all over this thing. Well, aren't you? I mean, it's something we got to talk about. We don't have another weekend <laughs> show until September second, maybe. Uh, but uh, you know. Pennington, not on it. Okay. Carmouche, I thought maybe her. Maybe she would be on it. Shevchenko, uh, obviously she's got other things in the works. Maybe a Cynthia Cavillo could have been. Um, and then you've got to wonder how this would change the landscape of strawweight, especially. Because there are some girls there, like Michelle Watterson, who are dealing with some girls with some size. Like Also, yeah. um, damn it. Australian girl, Beck Rawlings. Beck Rawlings, yeah. But she's tall. One. Even you mentioned Liz Carouche. I don't know if Liz could do 125 now. Uh, and Beck, Beck's a, Beck's a tall girl. I don't think she can do 125 now. She did 115. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of um, – still thinking of Liz. I'm just kind of thinking to myself. Yeah. I, when I saw some of these girls, I was kind of like, oh, 125 would be kind of hard for them. But I got you. I got you. A lot, a lot of these girls, they were like, you know what? Like, why, why do we need to get these Joanne Calderwoods on the show? There are plenty of two-and-two two girls that we can put on this, this show. <laughs> and I had somebody saying, well, Barb Honchak, she's really good. Well, is she? I don't know. I haven't seen her fights in 2014. Okay. I don't know if she's okay. good or not. I mean, she might still be good. She was the first Invicta flyweight champion. Then Lauren Murphy, who's in the UFC, but let's be honest, if this – hadn't happened this season, she might be on her way out of the UFC. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi, which here's the thing, there are so many of these girls that we've seen that are like one and two, two and two, three and two. They might just be, it could be the next Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, remember when Yohani and Chechek came to the UFC? People were like, who? Right? Yeah. So you just sure. never know. You never know who can come out of the show here. Uh, we'll give benefit where benefit belongs. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I'm looking forward to, to the actual show because it, the show is basically designed um, to give us an, in, uh, an insight to everyone that competes on there, especially those that make it through the tournament, right? Yeah. So, and then we go back to that first show with uh, with Carlos Spars on there and uh, Felice Harry. You know, we really got to know their characters. So, uh, who they are. So I, I am looking forward to the show. And we got two spectacular coaches <laughs> that yeah. are to go at each other in Alvarez and Gaethje, most likely. So it should, it should be fun. I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. And and things work out seem seemingly okay for Dustin Poirier, who lost out on that Alvarez fight because Anthony Pettis said tonight that he's hoping to fight Dustin Poirier. And when I heard that, I said, okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we have somebody in the chat, Vinny Fernando, saying, isn't Calvillo kind of small for – uh, 125. She's fought a bantamweight before. She's yep. fought a bantamweight. She's fought a flyweight. She's done 120 pound catch weights. Uh, I would imagine I, I, it's hard for me to guess where she wants to be, but August 30th, uh, that's that's uh, debuting. So, 
Yeah, if you're we tuning in that. right now live, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on the chat, by all means, or on the um, on YouTube, in the top right, live chat, Stone Osborne's there, Vinny Fernando's already there. Uh, you guys can type whatever you like, put it in there. Don't get yourself in trouble. With well, well not whatever they like. Yes. But... Oh, so I'm, I'm just going to finish my point. <laughs> just be careful, because Sean will put you in a time motor. He'll block your ass. So well, Before uh, we get into Mexico, what yeah. do you think of the fight, uh, Glover Teixeira, Misha Serkinov in October? Well, personal bias aside, whenever anytime Misha fights, I, I'm worried. Uh, but obviously, with Glover Teixeira, his career sort of winding down now, and Misha still, you know, probably wants to get hungry or is hungry after what happened with his fight with Vulcan Uzdemir. I like the fight. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good fight, dangerous fight for Misha. Uh, you know, you know, people don't understand. Glover Teixeira's got some. He's got a good ground game, believe yeah. it or not. So Misha's got to be very careful. I just think Misha will, believe it or not, be able to kind of overpower him. The one thing about Glover Teixeira is he's got, you know, dad strength. That, 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 not the Matt Hughes, barely hay strength, but like in, in my conversations with Glover numerous times, I know I've told the story before in previous podcasts. This is a guy that said if he ever came to Toronto, he'd be more than happy to help me work in my backyard. I was joking about putting up a fence and putting up a pool. He's like, you just give me a chainsaw and a shovel, and I'm in. This guy loves manual labor. So he's got that strength. And Misha's a strong guy as well. So he's got to be careful in the clinch. But it's a fight, Sean. We'll break it down as we get closer. But I am very excited for this fight. I think it's going to be good. I think I'm going to give the edge to Misha. I am too. It's not often you can lose a fight the way that Misha lost and and get like a high-profile fight like he did. But I think they – well, I know UFC sees the value of Misha Serkinov because they re-signed him, and I'm pretty sure they want to get him back on the horse. I think it's a wise decision. It's a good opportunity. Uh, happy all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Some good fights were announced, but I, I, I want to go back to what he said about Pettis uh, and Poirier because I was sitting there just watching the, the broadcast, and when, when he said it, I was just kind of, oh, what? What? Get it out there on social media. That was amazing. Okay, that'll be a solid fight. Uh, I think it's a dangerous fight for Pettis as well. Uh, dangerous for both guys because uh, we all know Poirier. He hits like a truck, but he's kind of been slowing down as well, and we're seeing a bit of a resurgence, resurgence with Pettis. So, yeah, another solid fight. I really like that fight. Hopefully it, it goes down. The, they said, what, New York City and, and or somewhere else, right? Yeah. So it was MSG and something else. But either way, please, UFC, sign it. I'd love to see it. Um, Dre the Great talking about Grasso versus Marcos saying it was awesome one of the best fights he's ever seen uh, we'll get to that in two seconds guys let's let's just talk about that main event Sergio Perez and Brandon Moreno um, in watching this fight Sean correct me if I'm wrong I don't think Pettis is ready just yet for a title fight I do want to see the Henry Cejudo fight what say you you, you want that title fight is anybody ready for a title fight against Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson? No. You could argue maybe a TJ Dillashaw is. Maybe. But is anybody? Here's the thing. I think that Sergio Pettis deserved it before this fight over Ray Borg, who missed weight twice. Yeah, I think so. So in this fight, uh, Brandon, Mar- and Brandon Moreno is right there. What a story that guy was. From getting eliminated in the first round of the Ultimate Fighter and being able to take a late replacement fight, him losing the first round of the Ultimate Fighter was one of the best things that could have happened to him. Because had he made it to the second round and then lost, he wouldn't have got that fight against Luis Smoka. He yep. might not even be in the UFC right now. So he gets all the way here to a possible title eliminator. 
held his own in the first round. I thought did very well in the first round. You don't see a lot of guys implement that body triangle the way that he was able to uh, in that first round. Some argued maybe a 10-8. What says you, Joe? No, not a 10-8. Normally, with a dominant round like that, I would give a 10-8. But because it was just positional uh, and nothing really dangerous per se for Sergio Pettis to defend, uh, there were were, were naked attempts, but it wasn't like, uh uh-oh. You know, there was one where, where Sergio put his thumbs up, but the arm was across the chin. Right, it was more across the jaw. It wasn't across the neck, so it was a really fine line for a ten-eight. Um, I could see Big John McCarthy or, or you know, Frank Triggs saying, "No, nah, it was a ten-eight, but I, I wouldn't give it a ten-eight because ten-eight to me is more of a dominant in terms of damage, you know, or scaring me as a referee or a judge and saying, "Ooh, ooh, that fight's going to end there." It was. It wasn't in a situation where it was going to end. It was just a dominant position. So. I scored it a 10-9 for that first round, and good for Sergio Pettis coming back. Uh, you know the next three, the next three rounds, and then the last round going back and forth. Yeah, uh, the thing I liked about Sergio Pettis is is he fought at range, which is good, but he he didn't like. Okay, the Pettis brothers don't fight good moving backwards, especially like you heard their corner say, yeah, Duke said "Don't it, yeah. throw kicks moving backwards," because that's a way that both the Pettis brothers often get taken down. Uh, it's a way that a lot of people get taken down, throwing those those kicks moving backwards. They work really well at range, and when they get aggressive, they particularly work well. It's, it's like the old Leoto Machida thing. Like Anytime we've seen him get aggressive, outside of maybe one situation, he like they, they do exceptionally well. Uh, I like that. Moreno had some pretty good slips here and there as well. I was very impressed with that. He had a very awkward style. But because of his, <laughs> to say the least. Of his, yeah, because of his awkward style and his awkward facial expressions, whenever Pettis would hit him and he would kind of go stone-faced, you knew something was up. Yes. Yeah. Because it's almost yep. work to do that goofy type of situation where maybe he's trying to get Pettis to look at him in the face instead of track his shoulders, track his hips, anything like that. But I think – that Sergio Pettis was going to win this no matter what. And I think that Moreno did his best to make a fight of it and did, did exceptionally well. Like I said, I was very impressed with him being able to slip some punches, but really in that second round going into the third, Pettis started to time Moreno and really took him to task. Yeah. The word just came out. Dustin Poirier is like, I'm down. Anthony yeah. Pettis. So Good. get her done. Get her done. Um, yeah, so in terms of Sergio Pettis, I don't think he's ready just yet. Um, I, I really want to see that Henry Cejudo fight. Do you think that is the fight that the UFC will put on next for Sergio Pettis? Or will Sergio Pettis just sit there and wait, potentially slide in there for a title shot right after the Borg-Johnson uh, fight? I think they will wait until the Borg-Johnson fight to see how everything pans out. Maybe there's a – because if a Dillashaw fight is on the horizon, Maybe. I don't think the UFC is too keen on the idea of a potential Johnson Cejudo rematch. I mean, I mean, we all saw how that went. Demetrius Johnson initiated the clinch against a yeah, Olympic wrestler, an Olympic medalist, <laughs> and then when when he got taken down, he put his feet, he butterflied Cejudo and launched him into the air like he was a child. Then used nothing but knees and finished him like it, man. And I mean, I will say this: Hudo's gotten much better. But I, Pettis even knows he's not ready. He said as much. He knows yeah. he's not 
ready. Both of these guys that we saw fight tonight, Joe, 23 years old. Young Bucks. They're still young. And um, Matt Roller says Hudo's fighting Wilson Hayes on the, the DJ card. Oh, it's confirmed? I'm going to check in on that because, yeah, looks like it is. That went under the radar. Yeah, I missed that completely. Well, I heard of it. I didn't think it was going to be confirmed. Yeah. Okay, guess and so. That's, that's shaping up to be a really good show. Demetrius Johnson, Ray Borg, Nunes, Shevchenko, Dos Santos, Nganu, Magni, Dos, Dos Anjos, Stevens, Melendez, Cejudo, Hayes, even Latifi, Tyson, Pedro, Sarah McMahon's on the show. Damn. Oh, Cajun Johnson. They gave him a fight after all that stuff. That craziness. He's insane. He's hilarious. It'll he be his changed. first fight in two years. Yeah. Yeah, Good. thanks, Matt Rolder. That one did slip under the radar. We appreciate it. That's why we have the live chat because we love you guys and girls yeah. keeping us honest. Absolutely. Um, you were a huge fan of the Alexa Grasso uh, Random Marcos fight. It was a good fight. It was a really good fight. Really fun. I had it for Random Marcos, but you know it's one of those fights. Like, what what are you going to do? Grasso had a few pounds on Marcos because she had a urinary tract infection, stopped cutting weight. My heart broke for this because you know Marcos said that she didn't have any money to train outside of like Michigan or something, but I get, I get the feeling she should get 50 K out of this. Yeah. You're right. Plus that big fat 5,000 from Reebok. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) I got, I mean the first interview I did with random Marcos when she first got signed to the, to the ultimate fighter, I think she was working, if I'm not mistaken, a drive-thru. She was working in a drive-thru and she had to take a break to do the interview. Like, it was just insane. She was working live on her shift. I think it was a drive through Wherever she was, she was working. She said, you can only call me between, like, 2.15 and 2.30. But it's got to be 2.15 sharp. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm at work. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So that's that was before she got onto the Ultimate Fighter. But uh, she, she, the last two or three fights, she fights like she's upset at the world. Like, she hates something. Well, she when you're hates, making fourteen thousand yeah. to get CTE, yeah. what are you what are you gonna do? You know, yeah, she's getting like fourteen to win, fourteen to show, five thousand from Reebok, and she probably needed to pick up that extra fifty thousand. Um, I'd say probably the extra fifty thousand was more important to her than the extra fourteen thousand, right? I mean, so in a loss, she's probably she might be just as happy, if not happier, than if she got the decision and maybe finish. Because had she won this in the first round, Joe, she's probably not getting 50000 Yeah, you're right. There's so many finishes on this show. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that she strategically went to a decision. I don't think that's the case because she probably would have won the fight. But I like Randa Marcos. She should be ranked ahead of Carla Esparza, who she beat in the mm-hmm. rankings. Don't get me started on that. Yep. Yeah, uh, but – She's a woman who you look at and you see her record seven and five. Well, that doesn't tell the story. She's got three fights on the Ultimate Fighter. She had six amateur fights. She's been in the game for over eight years. So, I mean, you know, when you're, oh, what, 20 fights in, twenty over 20 fights in, and you're getting 5K for your sponsorship from Reebok, you're going to go out and have fights like this, I would imagine, because – she's no spring chicken. She's 31 years old. She'll be 32 in this week. Absolutely. Vinny Ferdinando made a good point. If we go back real quick to the main event, talking about Demetrius Johnson and the flyweight division, he's saying that isn't this, isn't the the next pay-per-view going to be right after the Mayweather Mac card. And couldn't that help, you know, possibly help buys DJ deserves it. 
And I'm thinking to myself, that's not a UFC pay-per-view, though. So it's a Showtime event. Are they going to promote? That show's not going to get shit. That show's not going to get any buys. It's sandwiched between Mayweather McGregor and Triple G Canelo. It ain't getting dollars. Unfortunately, it's a great card. It's a really good card. But, man, it... If that show cracks two hundred thousand, I'd be. It's a success for the UFC. I think they'll do more than that. Maybe. I think they'll do more. I think they'll maybe. Do did you hear the numbers for the Whitaker? The Whitaker one. It was like one one twenty. I think. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. 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 You got a point there. You got a point there. Um, what does this win mean for either Alexa or Randa? I don't think anything. It was a competitive back and forth fight. Uh, puts them right in their place among the top 10 to 15 in that division is what I think. Uh, probably about to be the top 10 in that division because of the uh, we're about to see the, the two divisions diluted to a degree because of this season of the Ultimate Fighter. That, that now, now I ask, are they going to start scheduling flyweight fights now? Like is Joanne Calderwood's next fight at flyweight? Can Alexa Grasso jump up to 125 if she, she so chooses. Maybe she feels comfortable at 115, and it was just the urinary tract infection that, that prevented it. But um, I, I did like the look of Randa Marcos's wrestling. She really smothered uh, Grasso. At, ground and pound is fantastic. Real good. In the second round, when they were basically in a transition in the air, she she thrusted her hips forward so she could land in mount. Mm-hmm. She landed in mount, but at the same time as the bounce back occurred, if I'm not mistaken, the bounce back occurred, um, and Alexa was able to turn her hips, which prevented the mount from being solidified. Yes. She, you know, you know, Randa, and Randa's been doing it for a long time. I know from the people that she trains with out in Windsor uh, and in Michigan, she loves the ground. She loves the ground and pound. She's no, um, you know, Jack Hermanson, which we'll talk about in a bit, but yeah, she likes to ground and pound. She likes, I mean, I'm telling you, when I saw her throwing those punches and elbows today, I'm like, shit, she's pissed off. She is pissed off right now. So good for her. Very, very impressive. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I asked you the question because I don't know what's going to happen with either one of these two ladies, but. Uh, and uh, they didn't get $50,000. Uh, who got it? Ortiz Morales, Banday, and Nico Price. Oh, man. Ortiz for the 15 seconds. Morales for the, the rear naked choke. And who else? Um, Perez? No, Perez. Uh, Nico Price and Bandanay. Okay, well, that brings us up to Nico Price because he took out Alan Joban in a minute and 44. Um, Joban didn't like a few punches that were coming no matter what, but when that one punch came in, uh, there was controversy. People saying the referee, you know, shouldn't have stopped the fight. Yes, he should have. That was a perfect stop. Yeah. Even if what you the, at the hell was Brian Stan talking about? I what missed that. I stepped away for a second. Did he ask the question to Nico afterwards? Yeah, he had the balls <laughs> to get in there <laughs> while Alan Juban is sitting there, like pulling himself up the cage like one of those ducks in Super Mario World, like it. Just say, do you think it was stopped early? Bro, stop with your agenda, man. Juban couldn't stand up. He could not stand up. And this this happened just like we, we said it would on Tuesday's show. It was it was the UFC's effort to take a guy like Juban, who used to be a finisher, and try to make him fight an aggressive fight again. And Nico Price made 
Nico Price made him pay. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. Pretty good. But it was good. I mean, listen, great performance, very aggressive. Uh, But Joe Ben, I think, is just went on this peak. And then, see ya. Just faltered away. Just completely faltered away. I would agree. I would agree. And there's really not a ton to break down here. Uh, Nico Price just looked really good. This is this is the Nico Price that got – this is what got him to the dance, was fighting like this. And he goes right to it. I mean, Juban's going to be one of those guys, I think, that hangs around for a while. But um, may, maybe take a fight in the mainland because fighting – in London, fighting in Mexico hasn't worked out for him. Um, so maybe maybe bring it back to the States. But Nico Price, man, I mean, like, this, this is what he did was just finish fights in the first round, and it, and it got him to the dance. And he he won his first fight. I remember he beat Brandon Thatch with that arm triangle. Uh, but, yeah, I'm glad to see him not straying from that because so often, Joe, we see that. And guys do whatever is necessary to get that next win, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, did you like uh, Humberto Bandane's KO of Martin? Yeah, right, I did. That was sick. Because you don't see those very often. You don't see a, a, a kick from or a knee. I mean, what would you call it? A knee kick. It was just like ping, and all of a sudden, whoop, body shuts down. I was like, damn, 26 seconds, son. You are the biggest underdog on this card. Fant- like I, I was literally on my couch clapping my hands. I'm like, wow, that was fantastic. So uh, it, it, it's why I love MMA. You know, I sent you that message on, on WhatsApp. I, I, I tweeted out, this is why MMA is fantastic. You just never know. Yeah. And it just so happens on a card with so many first-round finishes, the biggest dog on the card gets a first-round finish over the biggest fit on the show. So good for Bannon. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I am super ready to stop putting a bunch of stock into the Ultimate Fighter Mexico. I know that's for sure. <laughs> Not as bad as uh, the Ultimate Fighter Asia. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty rough. But I, I loved it. Man, those two uh, those two shots after the knockout were gross. And there's nothing that could be done. Well, I mean, Bandanay could have maybe not done it when he saw his opponent stiff as a board. But you're... I think that he had plenty of time to see that his opponent wasn't conscious, but hey, and it was really he—he he really caught him with the knee on the head kick. It's one of those knee yeah, kicks. That's what I'm what, saying. It's a knee kick. It's beautiful. It, it was, they're rare, very rare, and it seems like whenever they land, the person like nobody ever like it, you can't perfect that technique. There's no way to do it because part of it has to be your opponent leaning into it. But yeah. Um, Let's talk about Rashad. Well, in a second, in a second, because I want to ask you, what did you think of Nico Price's post-fight celebration? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What did he do? Did I, I miss did, it? I, 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 if I could give out a douche card, that would have been it. What did he do? He just went absolutely ballistic in there, like crazy. Dude, your, your opponent's unconscious. I know you're excited. You're oh, full yeah. of adrenaline, but you got to just like, you know, the, the commission, the uh, the Latino, or what do they call themselves? The Latin American Mixed Martial Arts Commission, if, if I'm not mistaken, something of that mm-hmm. nature. They were like putting up a wall almost. Like, dude, you need to step back. Like, stay away from How me. ironic. I didn't even realize I said that. <laughs> All right, then. Gotta love my Americans. <laughs> love my Americans. Anyways, I didn't think it was very professional for Nico Price, who I still think is a fantastic mixed martial artist, but kind of want to tone it down. But, you know, uh, he was respectful in the in the post-fight interview. But that was just, that was annoying. Anyways, Rashad Evans. Sam Elby. Tom Alvey emerges victorious. Rashad Evans, if I'm not mistaken, it's the fourth fight in a row that he's lost. Yeah, I, I scored it for Rashad, but I don't know. Who gives a shit, right? Um, could have, yes, yes. The argument could have been made that Rashad won the fight. It was a split decision. I get it. But before you go on, I want to ask you a question. It's not like we're seeing – because people are saying he's done. He can't do it anymore. Hang up the gloves. And I'm like, I could, I could buy that argument. But it's not like we were watching BJ Penn take absolute beatings in the octagon. It's true. Rashad Evans. This was a Rashad Evans fight. This is a Rashad Evans fight. Yeah. I tweeted that my all-time nightmare fight is Rashad Evans versus Tyron Woodley. Oh, they man. are, and I hate to compare the two because people will be like, oh, it's because of their skin color. No, it's because they fight exactly the same. Exactly the same. Hard, hard overhand rights and a blasting power double. That is, that is these two guys. And um, as we've seen with Rashad, it doesn't get pretty when, you, when you're older and that's all you got. Um, he ate a lot of knees as Alvy separated from that clinch whenever he would stuff the takedowns. I think that was it. I think that if Rashad actually didn't shoot, he probably – if he didn't shoot after the first round, I think he would have won the fight because Alvy wouldn't have landed hardly any knees – Alvy wasn't landing like any strikes at range either. Rashad was landing the strikes at range when the rare occasion happened when they would land, but Alvy, I don't recall him really scoring much there. It was Rashad trying that same thing up against the cage that, that it was Rashad Evans. It was the I, Rashad Evans that has not been winning fights, has not been putting asses in seats. That's what it was. You're correct. The thing is, though, when, I, when, when you look at if you get a chance, listen to the last minute of the fight. And while Brian Stan didn't have the greatest night this evening, he nailed it when he was, when he was explaining a few things uh, about Rashad Evans. And it's something you and I talked about on Tuesday's Holy Smokes podcast. I brought up the fact that the only thing missing with Rashad Evans, it just seems, <clears throat> excuse me, to be confidence. It's the ability to pull the trigger because he was much faster than Sam Alvey. 
He just wasn't as aggressive. He wasn't pulling that trigger. He wasn't throwing those punches. He wasn't throwing those combinations. Um, it's it's like it's there, but it's in a shell. It's almost like I don't want to risk it because I've been knocked out before, and I don't want to get knocked out again. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to me because he's got the ability to just pull off this crazy speed. It's crazy combinations. And you saw when he th- even tried to throw the, the – he threw it twice, the same punch he threw versus Chuck Liddell. They were close, right? I think yeah. one of them did connect, just not on the chin. I think it came down and more, hit more of the shoulder. It's there. He just doesn't have the ability to continually do that. So I thought to myself, yeah, I, I, he's he's just – the thing is, though, we, we have this label for guys that are former champions that when they don't compete at that former champion level and we see them kind of moving down the rankings, we think they're done. Technically, he's not done, in my opinion, because he's not because BJ Penn is done. Rashad yeah. Evans, in my opinion, is not done. Now, maybe he may be done in the UFC. Maybe he can go to Bellator. Maybe he can go compete somewhere else. I don't think Rashad Evans is done, in my opinion. We saw him get, get knocked out one time in the last eight years. So I just think he either needs to adjust his game plan or fight lesser competition. Hey, man, I'm not going to be mad at the guy if he wants to sit there and make $150,000 to fight a guy out of the top 15. If he wants to do that, so be it. And if he wants to do that, the UFC will probably, I don't know, maybe maybe gladly, maybe begrudgingly, give him a fight fifth from the top. This guy was fifth from the top. Yeah. Yep. Like, former, he, former he champion. was below Martin Bravo and Humbert... Bandone. <laughs> Humberto. Love it. Whatever. Yep. Um it's 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 disturbing to me, you know, because there's a good chance I'm gonna see him in two weeks when I go to do uh play by play for Titan. Um I'll have a conversation with him if I see him, obviously. because uh, but I don't I don't believe he's done, man. I really don't believe he's done. But kudos to Sam Alvey pulling off a split decision. Um I'll be honest with you. I think you said it yourself. I scored it for Rashad. I didn't score for Sam. Yeah, um, same. Same, and I don't know how many fights Rashad has left on his deal, but I'm sure if he doesn't retire, the UFC will let him fight it out. I I really did feel bad for him, even though he didn't do anything in that fight, really. Well, I can't say nothing. He did more. I think he did more than Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey threw some knees. And (laughs) – that was it. That was it. That's all I saw Sam Alvey land, but that's apparently all he had to land. Opening about the main broadcast, uh, Alejandro Perez, I want to ask you a question about this decision over Andre Sukumtat. Mm. Yes. So I, I had sort of the same reaction. It brings me back to the random Marcos-Alexa Grasso fight. I'd like to know who the judges were because um, I'm not into conspiracy theories. But sometimes you wonder... Our hometown, because I remember the Brazil thing. There were there were there were stats on decisions that were taking place in Brazil, where the foreigners are like, "I ain't fighting in Brazil." I think Pearson once told me, "I ain't fighting in Brazil." Then he realized, "Bah, I'm gonna get a good ten. I'll fight in Brazil." But there were professional fighters in the UFC back when I was covering it, like live in Vegas, whatever. I ain't fighting in Brazil. Now people are wondering. I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to fight in Mexico. If there's any Mexican home cooking, they they picking Sam Alvey. He is. A pound-for-pound pound top five conservative in the UFC. He also didn't fight a Latino fighter. 
It's true. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Here, but right? uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I I had it for Andre. I did. I, I thought he won. I thought he was more aggressive. I thought he pushed the pace more. I thought he landed more. I thought I thought he won the fight. I think he. Won I the disagreed fight as well. with all three of the split decisions on this on this main card. Did you think Andre looked sort of like a bantamweight Jacare? The way he was throwing his jab and the way he, not the jab, but yeah. just the way he was striking, it looked like a, 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 a smaller version of Jacare. That's an interesting. Uh, that's interesting that you noticed that. I, I didn't, but now that you mention it, yeah, I, I see that. Now, what is Andre's problem? Why isn't he pulling the trigger? He's beating a dude with his jab. The, yeah. I know so many boxing coaches um, that I've worked with that would have looked at this fight. And I'm like, dude, if you're beating a guy with a jab, you need to start throwing three-punch combinations right away. Right away. Okay, so you know how I mentioned earlier that Nico Price didn't get away from what brought him to the dance? Mm-hmm. Andre has. Yeah. He finished all these guys in CES, like, nonstop. And he's popped into the UFC and had two uh, – split decision victories where he wouldn't come off of the jab. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him change. I would love to see him get another shot given the nature. Cause usually if you go, Oh, and two in the UFC done, you're, you're, you're done. But I would like to see him give it another chance considering the nature of the two losses, especially this one. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jack Hermanson takes out Brad Scott, uh, which was one of my fun bets. I, I did pretty good with my fun bets, uh, again for this one here. Sure thankfully, um, Jack Hermanson in his post-fed interview says, I am the best. There's no one better in MMA with ground and pound than me. You watch that fight. <laughs> he could be right. Because that was absolutely yeah. spectacular. When he gets on top of somebody, oh, buddy, and Brad Scott was in a world of hurt. That was the longest three minutes and 50 seconds of anyone's life. I mean, Jack Hermanson put on a fantastic performance there. Uh I think you mentioned it. Was it the this last Holy Smokes podcast, or maybe during the recap of the last show? You did mention his name at middleweight. How we're technically excited about this guy. I'm way more excited now. Oh yeah, and his world tour continues. He fought in Mexico. His yep. last one was in Sweden. His first UFC win in Germany. Before that, he fought in Italy a bunch. England. I remember when I read up on him, he had like fought in Jordan. He even fought in the U.S. a little bit. This guy will go anywhere to put somebody down. Another one of those guys who uh, is finishing fight. Well, there's a lot of guys on this show that were finishing fights. This was this really capped off maybe some of the best prelims I've ever seen in my entire life. Maybe some of the most mismatched prelims. I can't believe um, you were saying that online. Yeah. I was laughing my face off. I also cursed you. Um, for those who don't know, I cursed Sean Rossat because these are the sh- so you, oh, Jesus. You peeps that watch this podcast and the Holy Smokes podcast hear me bitch and complain all the time while Saturday nights can be a bit of a challenge as a married man uh, with a child, with so many couples, with young kids. We're always together, blah, blah. But Saturdays, I got to be home, man. I'm sorry, boys. I can't have a good time. Got to work, got to work, got to work. But sometimes the wife says, hey, we got to do this. We got to go to this dinner. We got to do that. Okay, okay, but I got to get home. I got to be home. I, I, I can get home by nine, but I got to catch up and watch this. And every time that happens... Every single prelim goes the freaking distance tonight. And so what I did is I got the UFC calendar and I downloaded it to my wife's phone. So she knows, don't make plans on this Saturday or that Saturday, blah, blah, or at least ask me. Okay. Yeah. This, in my opinion, because it, was a, it wasn't a pay-per-view, could have been a night that she could have said, hey, you know what? We're inviting people over 
or we're going out. That would have been no problem because you know what? Every fight's going to go five rounds. Who cares? Nope. I'm sitting on my couch tonight in first round finish after first round finish. Oh, yeah. After first, and I'm just sitting there going, I'm going to, that Sean Ross that just pissed me off. So, yeah, that's what that's I do. Right. I thought Hermanson looked good. Also, a few other finishes on there. Uh, Dustin Ortiz just starts Sandoval record time Dude. out of a flyweight. Yeah, man. Whew. What else can you say? He starts the guy, and he needed to. He really needed to win because I thought that if he lost, he done. would be one of those ranked fighters that you saw that were done. I think four four losses in five fights is bad, but he he bought himself some more time and he kept his name there. And at twenty eight years old, that's good. Uh, is he still fighting out of Rufus Sport? If so, then they had a pretty damn good night. Yeah, yeah, they've had a pretty good damn week uh, in that in that event. But he's a guy who has beaten Zach Mikovsky. Ray Borg, Justin Scoggins, and while to the naked eye that may not seem like much, those are pretty impressive wins, uh, all things considered, because that those are that division's always been pretty competitive. Uh, Ronnie Yaya versus Brionis was such a mismatch. <laughs> like, were they mad at Brionis or something? Like, what was the? They were just like, let's get him the hell out of here. Yeah, I break his arm while you're at it, or break his shoulder while you're at it. Yeah, you know I'm always a double wrist lock fan, but man, matching up a guy who has now won is uh, so. To put it like this, how how mismatched this was. Ronnie Yaya has won five of his last six. Brionis is on a three fight losing streak. That didn't make any sense to me. Um, Joseph Morales over Roberto Sanchez. Good, nice yep. finish. But let's talk about. <laughs> The real main event of this podcast, Joe. <gasps> I knew you were going to snap when this happened. Now, there's I a right I want a three part, a three question test before anybody can get in the UFC. As a referee or as a fighter? As a fighter. <laughs> okay. First, show me how you walk in the cage. If they cross their feet, you're out. <laughs> You're out. Number two. Is this legal? Fighting with your fingers out. If they say yes, get out. They're out. Also, what do you do here? And you show them somebody holding on to a guillotine while their opponent has them inside control. If they say, hold on to that some bitch, you're gone. Out. You're gone. You know when you learn to not do that, Joe? After the first time it happens to you, that's how you hold on to it. You're like, oh, I got him good. Then you go to sleep and you never do it again. Never, ever, ever do it again. Or, Joe, you learn to not do it when you watch a UFC fight and you see somebody doing it to OSP seven times. Yeah. You you just watch fight. I don't know how somebody in the UFC, much less somebody who is – Oh, uh, like 15 fights deep in their career. Herrera has been training for a decade. This guy trained at Jackson Wink, Joe. And he got tapped with the Von Flu choke. Now, guys, so, some of you all may may not understand this. You haven't seen me explain it. And I had somebody say, oh, well, well, I trained with Jordan, and he's he's really good. He uh, that, that's fine. I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's really good. But he can't do that without Herrera's help. 
January 16th, 2006. Yeah. Jason Von Flew submitted Alexis or Alex Care Alexis with what is called the Von Flew choke. That's when it was introduced to the world, the Von Flew choke. That Monday in Jiu Jitsu class, all of us were, did you see? Figure it out. Let's do it. Well, it's actually simple. Why don't we do this? Blah, blah. And we searched it. And we practiced the Von Flu choke over and over and over and over again. Guy, girl, pussy, and a guillotine. You can try and sneak this in. Practically t- simple counter submission, period. By Tuesday, nobody was getting caught with Von Flu chokes. Yeah. Never. And that was January. I'll say 18th or 19th, 2006. It is now August 6th, 2017. You bring it up all the time. It annoys the crap out of you. Nobody should be getting caught me off. in a Von Flu choke in mixed martial arts. It's in, it, not in the UFC. And when it happens, I shake my head. And it's one of the things, it's almost like a big bone of contention for Big John McCarthy when he teaches in the command course. Because not only did he bring it up in the referee's course, he brought it up in the judging course when we took it. You can, and Frank Trick can verify this for me. He gets annoyed when referees don't know when a Von Flu choke is on. There's nothing worse than a referee that sees a guillotine and a guy inside control, and the referee is looking to see if the guillotine is on tight. They're like, son? No. It's the opposite. And when, where the referee was placed today, if you look very closely to where the referee was placed today, ignorant. Bad. As soon as you see that guy on the bottom holding on to that guillotine, whenever the the opponent goes into side control, you hop over. I'm I'm not. You know, I I didn't go through anything that you went through, Joe. And I know that you you hop over. You go to the guy's head who's holding on to the guillotine because you know what's coming. You should know what's coming. Hell, if I'm the referee, I might even say, "Hey, homeboy, let go of that thing." <laughs> what are you thinking about? What Imagine. are you thinking? <laughs> That's probably what I'd do. I'm like, let's not embarrass us all here. Oh my god, can you imagine? A referee starts yeah. yelling, "No, no, 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 don't do that! No, 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 just start! Don't do it! Don't do it!" Let's spare us all. I don't want to be on this highlight any more than you do. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what else you want to talk about? Because that's the card, son. That's it. Uh, we got. Mayweather McGregor coming up in a few weeks. We have uh, on the wrestling side of things in two weeks, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and WWE SummerSlam. But then the week that follows, we have Mayweather McGregor. It's going to be Joe. It'll be myself, you, and uh, lead boxing writer Carlos Toro, who is going to be covering the event. So we'll have coverage from all aspects because, I mean, hell, I can consider myself an entertainment writer of anything. Uh, you're a mixed martial arts specialist, uh, Carlos, a boxing specialist, covers events at the Barclays Center for us all the time. A real good time that will be, I'm sure. But but let me let me. This is what we can talk about for a couple of minutes. I think you know what I, I'm talking about. Pauly, did you see that? Uh, yeah. What do you make of it? Uh, I thought to myself, are they paying him to say this stuff? Something's going on here. Some yeah. something weird's going on here. If he's that much of a baby, I don't know. Well, let's first let, let's let's mention this. He put on his Twitter, 
they can release whatever they want. I don't care. And this was a couple weeks ago, the end of July. He also trashed Mayweather quite a bit during the Showtime presentation. And McGregor said he's going to have to answer to that. He's going to have to answer to that. So he goes into this place at the UFC Performance Institute where they have a wing of it closed off. Yep. Nobody's allowed in except for photo- photographers from – now Now let me, let me just spell out the, the, the outlet name. The Mac Life. If you mm. expect a photographer from The Mac Life to be impartial, Playboy, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking. So he gets super upset that McGregor posted a photo, or McGregor's photographer posted a photo of him on the ground. Now, keep in mind, this is days after Paulie is on a bit of a media tour saying that McGregor gets tired after the sixth round, that he doesn't have, oh, my God, power. And then he gets on Twitter and says, what happens in sparring stays in sparring. I was like, bro, you and Joe Cortez just did a bunch of interviews. First off, well, I don't know why McGregor wouldn't have them sign NDAs. Maybe he just doesn't give a shit. But, man, that was weird. And then Paulie left, and then Paulie tried to say they didn't pay him. Yeah, right. That's BS, first of all. Second of all, saying he beat the brakes off him. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know if he beat the brakes off of him. I don't know who beat up who. I hear the NDAs. I'm, I'm surprised there was there was no non disclosure agreement signed. Like I mean, there's that's it's this big biggest fight of all time, combat sports wise. You got to sign them. I mean, it's just it's just drama. I think he's trying to play off it, but I don't think he's going to get any sort of he's going to get anything out of it. Really, I mean, it's crazy. But nope. we're getting close. It's only it's 20 days away, man. It is 20 days away. Today's the 6th of August. Officially, it's 2.04 a.m. Eastern Time. It is 20 days away. I will be a fat guy that night, just for those that are tuning in right now, because I have a wedding that night. I have a, I'm have. i at that age now where we're, we've gone through that wedding stage. I think you've got like 40 of them this year, Sean. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, my wife and I and my son, obviously more, more or less my wife and I, we haven't been to a wedding in probably four or five years. And we get this invitation. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, it's just, oh, my God, it's like a cousin. Yeah, we'll go for sure. We'll have a good time. <laughs> Italian wedding. Get to eat like a horse. My diet's going to be blown that week, August 26th. I was like, oh, boy, how is this going to work? So, And the wife's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, we're going to go because they don't enter the ring until what, midnight? I said, yeah. even if I get home by 1030, I'll watch three fights beforehand. I'll get in there. But thought to myself, I'm going to be a fat guy coming from an Italian wedding. You and Carlos are going to run that show. Just make sure I don't fall asleep because I'll be drinking espressos at my desk right here nonstop. So, but I can't wait, man. It's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Well, uh, over the next few weeks, we'll be talking uh, some of the upcoming UFC cards as well as uh, the, the news in mixed martial arts, the upcoming Ultimate Fighter 26th. So, guys, make sure you tune in to Holy Smokes MMA Podcast, one of our uh, flagship podcasts, along with The List and your boy. Uh, we do Holy Smokes MMA Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Also, guys, head over to Fightful.com uh, and the Fightful YouTube. Subscribe to us. Thumbs us up. All that stuff helps. I click the notification button. I have a vlog from my Canada trip there. Lots of fun was had, but that's all we got tonight, Joe. Apparently, you're an honorary Canadian. I am. I am. Congratulations. I, the, the place made quite an impression on me. Well, you haven't seen anything yet. You got to come back. Get Jimmy Van to bring you back. Uh, but 
even if even if Jimmy Van doesn't bring me back, I'm coming back. Elf LV Sports Group is Joe Sicilian or Italian? Oh, I get the joke. I guess well, I'm Canadian, but I guess I'm Italian. I get the joke, LV. I'm not going to get into it because that'll get us all in trouble. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in. We always appreciate it. Uh, you crazies in the live chat, we sincerely appreciate it. Um, those on on iTunes, Stitcher, um, thank you. Please share it. Please give us some love. Give us some feedback. Give us some stars. I don't care if it's one star or five stars. Just give us something and tell people about us because we're having a great time. We're building this. We're having just this. It's it's real live analysis breakdowns. We have a good time. Sean loses his shit whenever there's one flu chokes in, in events. <laughs> Follow the Twitter because he's absolutely crazy sometimes. And, you know, I, I, I haven't started mocking him just yet because it's not fun when I do, but I might soon. Uh, cause, but he's just so smart. He's so good. So anyways, we thank all of you for tuning in. Don't forget Tuesday, Holy Smokes podcast. We're going to have a good time. Um, Sean and I will discuss who knows what, cause who knows what's going to come out of this, but you know, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks for the world of mixed martial arts as we lead up to the biggest fight of all time, combat sports wise with Conor McGregor taking on Floyd Mayweather. We will break that down. Um, not at nauseum, but dissect it, break it down, see what happens, start looking at the mind games. But, yes, we thank you. Sean, as always, thank you very much for joining joining us here afterwards. Uh, give him a follow at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe. Uh, as you can see on the screen, at Fightful MMA uh, is a Twitter. We're also on Instagram. Uh, give us some love. Give us a follow. Share it. Retweet it. Just give us some love because we love you. And for now, we say goodnight. Ciao for now. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.